0: Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. On today's episode, I'll be re-releasing my chat with Amanda Seyfried from the film, The Dropout. And it was the limited series that she did on Hulu. She's up for a bunch of Emmys for it. She's probably going to win for Best Actress in a limited series, anthology series, and television movie. It's a long category with a very long title. But she's fantastic in the series. She plays Elizabeth Holmes, who was part of Theranos and, you know, the whole drama with Theranos, and she does the voice. We talk a lot about the process of her deepening her voice, but also what her voice means as, like, a woman and why Elizabeth Holmes and why she feels Elizabeth Holmes went in the direction that she did with lowering her voice intentionally it's a fascinating conversation. And yeah, we also talk about the 20th anniversary of Le Miz because I had to ask her about Le Miz. Like, of course I did. So enjoy the chat. Grab a snack and then enjoy the chat.
1: The world works in certain ways until a new great idea comes along and changes everything. What if you could test your blood in your own home? And what if it wasn't a whole vial, but just a drop? I'm going to drop out to Stanford. This machine is going to change the world.
0: These kids don't overthink. Taking on a character like that probably is, like, daunting for you, I would imagine. What inspired you to, to jump onto something like this?
1: You, you said, like, having, you know, the audience has all that information. Mm-hmm. But I have all that information. Yeah. So it's like, who cares what the audience has? <laughs> I'm getting all this information. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm a mimic. I'm, I'm an actor. I'm not, obviously, I'm not her clone. Yeah. I'm never going to be her clone. I'm, I'm portraying an essence mm-hmm. and trying to get the physical stuff right and very truthful and um, believable. But, uh, you know, the, the trick is always to get the audience to believe that you are her, like, very soon into the show. Mm-hmm. And then they forget about what she really looks like. But I, uh, oh, God, I. it was so it was so much fun. I mean, it was so much more fun than, than this getting to know Marion Davies because I didn't have that much. I had like barely anything. I didn't have anything of her in her real life, Yeah. but with Elizabeth, I had 10 hours of depositions. Yeah. I had the interviews with the Maria Schreiber, the the, the one on stage for the, you know what it was for, yeah. maybe, uh, or Vanity Fair. And then I had the one when kind of after things had come crashing down and she was like, you know, I was devastated, you know, yeah. it's was, it was devastated." <laughs> and it's like, I, I, what do you do with it? It feels like, like candy. And it feels like you've, you've just dropped into something that, that if you, if you spend enough time in that hole, mm-hmm. you can't help but come out changed. It yeah. like, it made such an impact. And I, for three months, cause I, I did have, I did have three months before I went to LA to do pre-production I just listened. I I would just have it sitting there and I'd just be listening to it over and over again. And it was just, it was the kind of homework that I, I wish I had in high school. I hated everything I had to do to study, but this Mm -hmm. was different. It's like all of a sudden I became this eager college student. Yeah. And, um, and it was really fun not to take away how hard it was, but and scary it was, Mm -hmm. but it was joyful at times. And then I got to in the first episode and do the deposition stuff and stuff yeah. that I've been th- like, this is what I've been studying for this whole time. Like I can wow. actually mimic this scene and I never, I've never gotten that before. I've never gotten to do, I mean, I slightly in Lovelace slightly. Yeah. But it was amazing. I mean, but it's also, you know, everybody's got, she's under the microscope. Mm-hmm. She was then, you know, riveting. Yeah. This, this genius, this baby genius who, came out of the woodwork and couldn't possibly save the world and um and then her fall from grace and and it's 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 troubling at times to remember that it's all real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I mean one of the things that I think stood out for me, of course the first thing that people think about, I think now, because probably the press is the voice. Is, you know, that voice, that and the change in the voice over time, which I think you do perfectly in the show. But also I think it's like I mean, I think marginalized people in general can relate to that whole, you have to change your demeanor in order to be taken seriously in those settings. You know what I mean? You have to change how you present yourself. When I saw all the stuff with Elizabeth Holmes, I realized like, oh, well, that's why I get why the voice changed. Like, I get it. But people make such a big deal about it. Was the voice in particular like something that maybe stressed you out about getting this part down? Because it seems like there's so much that people talk about the voice.
1: Yeah. It's, that's the only thing that you hear about. Um, yeah. How'd you do her voice? It's just, it was, I, a a very clear off the bat when I started talking to Michael Showalter and Liz Merriweather, I, we talked about it and it's just, it's going to have to be one of those things where we can't worry so much about it. You know, it's, we have to get it deep, I can't sound like me. I'm not going to sound like me. Um, her affect or whatever, her, her accent, you know, the roundedness of her, I I can't really describe it, but, but, but her mouth is shaped differently and she speaks from a different place in her mouth, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's an accent or a regional accent maybe, or, or maybe that's an affect, whatever it is, there's no judgment. I'm going to try to mimic it. And then when it comes to the depth, because there were two parts to her, her voice, we're, we're just going to go try different you know modulate it just just try try different levels and i worked with my voice my singing coach with it just to make sure i like cuz i have a pretty high voice yeah. my mine is a slightly above average we talked to a, like a body language expert and elizabeth's is at like one not decibel i don't remember what the measurement of it was but uh hers was like at 190 or 180 something um and mine was like 2 30 or you know it's just an average female voice you know rests at this level and um, I'm a little bit up and she's much further down and 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 we and it's like we collectively judged her for bringing her voice down as if she's lying to us Mm -hmm. but there's nothing you're not being untruthful because you're deepening your voice and you're speaking down here or however low, you know, yeah. but it's obviously feels like it's very hard for her. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's not. It, it seems painful at times, and it seems ridiculous at times. And that's like it sounds like a judgmental way of putting it. But she needed to do what she needed to do. Look yeah. where she got. Yeah. Look who she got behind her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the fact that she was charismatic and a genius. Yeah. And and ambitious and 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 just incredible to behold Yeah, it was that she had she had to you know present herself in a, in a specific way mm-hmm. it's not that she thought she did she, she kind of did
0: yeah and how many people yeah. have to do that just like her you know how many people have to play that role in not as intense settings obviously but like and
1: you don't fault them for that exactly you, you know, in order to be to get ahead as a woman yeah. you do have to you people have had to make a lot of sacrifices yeah. and and so the, and in terms of the voice, it's like no one's ever going to stop talking about the voice. And yeah. God knows what people, critics or whatever cares, like what they're going to say about my my take on the voice, yeah. my version of the voice. But I did what I needed to do to make it work for me, to make mm-hmm. it feel real. And I had a lot of really smart, creative people around me to help us you know, find whatever it is we need to define in order to tell the story.
0: And it really, it really was natural. I mean, I, I, the way it flowed into her discovering that voice as the panic of the moment. I mean, it was really an organic process. I was surprised and I pleasantly surprised.
1: Good, good. That, um, are you talking about in the,
0: yeah, in the when in the when she was in not the hotel, but I she was dawn. with the juice thing and she was having the mayor moment and she was having and, and the Don moment and like all those little moments where the voice was sort of being practiced. I feel mm-hmm. like I do that on like the phone sometimes where I'm having of to, course. you know, like where you practice those little moments of I'm gonna be taken seriously here. Of course I don't use that voice if I wanna be taken seriously. But you know what I mean? Like you yeah. you do that.
1: Absolutely. We have what the one thing that was really important for this show, of course, because what's the point of making it mm-hmm. is, is to find her in her moments alone. Yeah, nobody knows what she does alone. I would love to know what she does when she's brushing her teeth, and you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. wouldn't we all about anybody who's fascinating to us? Mm-hmm. And 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 we did that's that's that was the most important thing for me about yeah. this, this portrayal and this story is like wh- what might have been going on for mm-hmm. her and. And so they're beautifully written and um, they feel, they, they did feel very organic and I'm sorry, but like, we've all been there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, um, I feed the, the big animals in the morning usually. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm out doing the hay with the, you know, you bring the gator out to the back and you put the hay on both sides of the paddocks and like, there's like big animals over here and meaning like donkeys and horses Mm and stuff. And I set my phone up, right against one of the hay bales while I'm like, you know, put the, putting the hay back and I would f- just even for like 10 minutes just stand there because I had my coffee and the yeah. gator and my dog or whatever. And so I just, I have some time there and I would just tr- practice every day. And then I would send Michael Showalter videos of me mm. trying to sell hay as her. And I'd oh. be trying to like, as if, she, as if I'm in a Ted talk and I'm trying to explain to you why this bale of hay is better than that bale of hay. And like, yeah, because I was trying so desperately, and I don't know if I did, to understand the modulation and understand which words and how rehearsed certain things were to make the most impact. Cause I've uh-huh. never been a speaker. I don't know how to sell things. I'm not a businesswoman, but she is. And like the more I did that, the more I understood like this was like life and death for her. Yeah. And, and, and then I had a journey myself through those three months, like doing what I'm doing and making it kind of pull it, fuse it into my life a little bit as a, much as yeah. a joke trying to sell hay. But it's like,
0: <laughs> I'm sure he bought that. Hey,
1: uh, Michael never bought any. hay.
0: <laughs> I will say I about
1: didn't, he didn't need it
0: <laughs> about Michael and about the, I was, I was taken by the sensory things. Cause I feel like, I mean, you and I are the same age and I, and I, the time period of Elizabeth Holmes and this whole story, she's also around our age, I think. And, yes,
1: she's a year older.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the the sensory things within the timeline of this story was so jarring for me because it was the music I was listening to, the bad yes. dancing. No offense, but Elizabeth Holmes, it seemed, even in that one 2020 thing I saw, it, she wasn't a great dancer, which is very – I relate to that. And the dancing – in the film there are so many like sensory things that pull you into the story but are also kind of funny sometimes like oh, awkwardly mm-hmm. funny sometimes which i think it was probably michael showalter's doing but the you know one of he, he was one of three directors on the project right
1: yeah uh, yeah it, this was liz mary i mean i'm yeah. gonna give him Please. credit for me for like i mean his direction was incredible
0: Yeah,
1: but like the weird awkward very realistic but also tragically funny things yeah I mean, the things, the the, the actual narration and the, yeah. the um, direction in the scripts mm-hmm. were very specific. Yeah. I mean, I did, I'm going to give myself credit for some edging on some of it, mm-hmm. but it was really just like her brain. I mean, sh- her brain works like that. Yeah. And this is the music she listened to, too. And this is like the what, what she, some of the things she did, like she and Elizabeth Holmes, our version of Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very similar. I mean, like she was the Awkward. best. I honestly, she was the best person yeah. to create this world.
0: <laughs> and we all but know like, someone like that. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean?
1: Sure. I mean, I, it's me too. Yeah. It's in me. I have yeah. in my room dancing like, God, no, like no one should see that. <laughs> and no one should be privy to what happened in that bedroom in that yeah. first episode. Like, yeah. It's so uncomfortable but it is absolutely relatable and tragic and hilarious mm-hmm. and Liz and Michael are really good at doing that. I mean, yeah. you've seen you've seen their her stuff and his I mean, yeah. you know that they're like
0: They're geniuses at that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They make the uncomfortable very relatable, which very is... Very
1: relatable and funny. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, again, like, no judgment. Just but it like, doesn't
0: take away from the seriousness of the story either, which I think is what is the is yeah. so genius about this project in particular. And that's something that, like, I another thing that struck me is I followed this story, I guess, you know, over the, the podcast yeah. and the news and stuff. Like, I followed it, and I'm a big sort of news junkie person. Obviously, I work at Newsweek. Of course I am. And I... I feel like I'm a smart person and I never really understood what was happening with the story. You know what I mean? Like I never really got what was going on. I was like, "What? What did she do that was bad again? I'm confused." And
1: honestly, I didn't know either. Yeah. yeah. The scripts. For-
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the show really helps me understand. So much you know? Like I I feel like I get it now, which did you get that too? Like did you feel yeah. like this really laid it out in a really clean it's way? Like-
1: layman's terms yeah we didn't get that from anything yeah we i mean a little bit from the dropout podcast i for sure understand so much of what happened in the trial because of the dropout podcast Uh the trial series or season two and i i think um when i was reading the scripts i'm like i'm still unsure like by the time i got to episode six i'm like i'm still unsure of what exactly she's going down for (laughs) and um and that's good because i'm playing her still you know um but i also wish i had a little bit more understanding and and i and i would ask some what i consider stupid questions i mean there are no stupid questions yeah so i'm going to teach my kids but (laughs) but it, it, it did feel you know it felt like i was still a little bit um at sea when I was reading this, the scripts for the first time. Yeah. Um, but, I, but you know, you talk to enough people by the time you're on set, you're like, oh, she shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, what's the harm? No, I'm yeah. kidding. No, but
0: totally. But you do have I'm, that. Because yeah, there is I'm that
1: pathetic
0: there is that 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 sort of like i mean i guess it's kind of like a new it's not new but the whole like fake it till you make it kind of thing and that that sort of silicon valley like you know you just have to be showing how great you are all the time and that stress to be like that and the fact that she idolized you know steve jobs and like you know mark zuckerberg she would quote these people and it you really felt it so on some level like that helped me understand what she did i guess
1: yeah, she was. You'd be hard pressed to get her out of her zone. I mean, she was very passionate and very ambitious and very like it was not all for nothing. She mm-hmm. truly believed she was going to get there. I believe that. And and then she couldn't get out of yeah. the of the the um. I can only think of like uh, a toboggan shoot, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's just yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but she couldn't get out of it. She was going too fast and. <sighs> she could have gotten it
0: yeah, yes yeah.
1: okay but but you know it's 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 that's why i think the trial it took a while i don't know i i i just think it's 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 a gray area it's nuanced in a lot of ways and in a lot of ways it's it's very black and white and um and i think everybody's going to have um differing opinions by the time that they're finished with the show and the whole point is to to show the the spectrum and yeah. to show you know things that happened that you know weren't um discussed at at length in 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 all the like the projects Mm -hmm. um and and you kind of want to get to know her and and have some compassion yeah for for where she came from and you know just i don't know dig in a little deeper on on her because when i was i i did all that stuff too i watched the inventor and i Mm -hmm. you know listened to the podcast and i saw the 2020 episodes and and the interviews before I even knew about this project. And I thought like, okay, I have an idea about this person. She's fascinating. Okay, cool. You know? Yeah. And now I'm like, and then this project came along. It's like, let's, let's get to, let's get to the why let's get to the how and, um, and open things up for discussion.
0: Well, I have one last question for you and then I'll let you go. It's, I so the musical theater nerds out there. I have to ask this for them. Um, so you are obviously associated with some great musicals, and it's coming up on the ten year anniversary of Les Mis, which is like very exciting. And I think a lot of people want to see you in another musical ASAP.
1: You, <laughs> I, I do too. I really thought that that was, I, I, uh, I really thought that that's what I was going to be doing this year. Um, oh, really? Sadly, sadly, yeah. I actually, what I'm doing is. Um, I think I, my next job seems like it's like a dream come true, but I, I, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I will sing until I'm dead. I take voice lessons twice a week with my same voice coach yeah. since lame is, and, um, I'll get there. I have been, I, you know, there are always things that come up and you kind of work with them a yeah. little bit and then they don't happen. And yeah. then they, you know, someone producer or director is like, Hey, what about remember that? And you think, Oh Yeah. But uh, uh, I will. I will.
0: That's exciting. Mamma Mia 3. Mamma Mia 3. Oh, you should do, what would be like a musical that you would, like a musical character that you're obsessed with that you would love to do?
1: Um, I always wanted to sing Ava Cassidy songs Ooh. because her life was just so short. And yeah. I mean, they, I know someone was writing a script about it and I, I don't know what happened to it, but it was another one of those projects yeah. like ah, it should be, you know, nobody really knows enough about her. And then she died tragically. And it was like, yeah, she had the most beautiful voice and she did the most beautiful covers and she had the most beautiful songs. And it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would want to play like a, I don't, I don't know. I would want to play a, you know, folk singer. I would. Yeah. Patty Griffin ever, ever oh, did a yeah. movie about her. I don't know if, you know, there's little biopics happening all the time. Patty, mm. Patty Griffin's my,
0: yeah. Yes. My best
1: her voice is my best friend. And, mm. um, she knows that. And I, I, you know, every time I, she's around, I go see her concerts, but, um, I would love to sing Patty Griffin, you know, yeah. but I would also like, I love singing.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for more um, of it. Everyone. Is I really,
1: I that. I really, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's thank- always musicals. There's yes. always musicals. Even though nobody goes to see them. I do. There's always musicals. Yes, exactly. I, I will go in time.
0: a hazmat suit during COVID just to see a musical in a the theater.
1: Oh, wait. I, I know. Yeah. I know what I just considered the other day. I was watching Encanto. Oh. It is the most beautiful thing. And I think Lin-Manuel, if I, and Tick, Tick, Boom, like I just. Yes. I think lin Manuel is the greatest gift to musical theater, to music mm-hmm. everywhere, to children. Yes. Of our generation. Mm-hmm. I think children, hopefully, if they if he continues making things for them, for all of us really. Yeah. And these are this generation of children are going to be so much more emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. than anybody. Yeah. And every time I see still I watch Moana and oh. I know a girl. Of the, like, I I, can't i cry and like my daughter always like why are you crying and then the grandmother at the end she's like not some gift just you it's like
0: (sighs) tears just just endless buckets of tears
1: kids don't cry it's us who cry
0: yeah yeah, because we have the life experience where we know that, you know, things no. are short
1: and like, ugh, just too much. Cocoa. And because we also know how special this is. Yes. Like, I don't cry at the end of Little Mermaid. No. I love Little Mermaid, but I'm I don't cry I don't cry.
0: No, but these, these, these are things you cry at. Yeah, it's, I can't. Kanto, there was one, Onward, which is not one that I uh. would normally cry at. It wasn't even a musical, but I was bawling at the end right. of it. I was bawling. And, and Coco, of course. I mean, that one, I can't. I can't. Oh, my
1: God. Wait, I wait. Can. Did you see Abominable?
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> I
1: mean, but it's because of that fucking yes. instrument that I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. It's too
0: much. And it's the slow, like, sort of, like, creep in on you that gets you and then it hits you. I can't. The music. It's just too. I'm not even a music person. I mean, I am a musical person, but I'm not like, a music yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. People ask me, like, oh, what's your favorite band or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. Disney? I Like, what? I don't know. <laughs>
1: Alan Menken, yeah, Lin Manuel, yeah. I mean, they are the.
0: They are the best.
1: They're the best. They're the I mean, best. sorry, Alan, but like, yeah, yeah. Manuel's here. You guys got to work together.
0: Do something. Do something.
1: Alan whatever. and, and Lynn just together. Um, Jump yeah, on his. Sorry, zone. I had to go into that well, it's like it's taking over my life right now. Not some give <laughs> just. Uh. <laughs>
0: Who are you rooting for for this year's Emmy Awards? Let me know on social media. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And next week, I'll be doing a full week of Emmys coverage. So it's very exciting. We'll be going over all the people who are going to win, who's going to lose, and what to look out for. So listen for those episodes coming up. And the next episode, I'll be re-releasing my chat with Gene Smart from the show Hacks. A fantastic chat. Honestly, it was like life thrilling to be able to talk with Gene Smart, just like it was life thrilling to talk with Amanda Seyfried. So definitely wait for that, because that one's going to be good. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review, and consider sharing it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun, and have a great day!